This is the Sports Divided Podcast. The Chicago Bulls have won their sixth NBA championship, and it's their second three-peat. Second two out, Palmero over the head of Jenks. Uribe charges, throws, out! And the White Sox have won the World Series. To the net, over. Patrick Kane has scored the goal. What a ride. The Cardinals are world champs in 2011. The Cubs They did it. It's over. The game is over. The series is over. The wait is over. And the St. Louis Blues are the Stanley Cup champions. Welcome back to the Sports Divided Podcast. We're recording on Monday, July 13th. Tonight, we're joined by Dave, Keith, Matt, and I'm your host, Rick. All right, guys. Back-to-back Mondays with a, a, lot, of, a lot of sporting news coming out. Um, came across li- late last night and first thing this morning that the Washington Redskins are no longer the Redskins. They're retiring the name. Um, we can all kind of tell why. Uh, so we don't need to get into that aspect of it, but um, thoughts on the on the Redskins uh, or wa- the Washington Football Club having a new name? Anybody? I think I think it's been a long time coming. It's been the last few years they've been kind of hinting at you know the the stories were getting stronger, louder and louder about changing the names and, and you know all the. Uh, issues behind the name so uh, I I knew it was going to happen sooner or later just like you're going to get a DH in both leagues in the MLB so it's uh, bound to happen but I don't, I don't have any issues with it I mean it, it stinks just due to history but you know I'm actually know. a little surprised that uh, it only took them about a week uh, because when when they said they were going to do a review I, I I figured at some point they would change the name. I just didn't think it would be this quick. I figured yeah. they'd use that for a little bit of cover to take some time and maybe see if the pressure would uh, uh, die down a little bit. But um, it's the right move. Uh, but anybody anybody with that organization, I mean, if they're taking credit, um, you know, or patting themselves on the back, I, they shouldn't be doing that because this is something that should happen a long time ago. Yeah, I mean, I was, I was with you when they said you know, they go under review. That's corporate speak for we'll see you in about six months. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the only thing that I could say was unless Dan Snyder is, I mean, he's a pretty savvy businessman. Obviously, he created enough money to own a football team, but unless that's all it was, was a giant uh, business decision with saying you know, we aren't going to switch the name. We aren't going to switch the name and dragging his feet about it because all it does is create this uh, opportunity for him of rebranding and selling more merchandise and everybody's going to buy a new jersey, right? So he's just going to make yeah, even you know, more I, money. I think that may be part of it, although uh, what makes me curious is that, uh, unless you guys remember otherwise, um, through the years – whenever this issue came up, um, there was never any talk of sponsors pulling sponsorships. And when your uh, biggest sponsor says, I'm pulling my bucks, um, you know, then that pretty much was the uh, straw that broke the camel's back. Um, Now he's, I'm sure he's feeling a lot better knowing that, uh, yeah, with the new merchandising and, and everything, uh, He's still – he's not going to be uh, crying poor anytime soon. No, and I thought it was funny that it was uh, – in their press release, they listed sponsors, fans, and customers in that order. So sponsors mm-hmm. was their uh, biggest group, I guess they were I, – I guess you could say, make, quote, making happy, but it was the biggest group they were concerned about. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see 
there's some names that are throwing around. They're pretty much saying like use using the same logo, but taking away the actual chief head and turning it just to an R with like the feathers coming out the back and calling them the Red Hawks. Or then there's people calling for them to go. I mean, if you think of the Washington Redskins in the 80s, you don't think of like the actual Redskins. You think of the Hogs. So they're talking about maybe keeping the colors and just calling them the Hogs. <laughs> I don't know. It'll be interesting. It will be interesting. Yeah, or the, the other one was what, the, the Red Tails, I think. Yeah. Was, was sort of a fighting Air, Air Force fighting group. I know there's a lot of people calling for like some like national stuff or like military stuff, whether it's the generals or stuff like that. But well, that, might start, that might start a whole other problem. Yeah, I think <laughs> I think I think they should just completely rebrand and go in the way of uh, the replacements and just call them the Washington Sentinels and go with the uh, blue and blue and red and just say hey we're just you know going after the movie but it just goes to show when you I guess you could say have a good PR department as opposed to having a not so good PR department with the difference between the Blackhawks being able to keep their logo and having people accept their stance and their comments and then the Redskins who really just kept trying to push stuff under the rug when talked about and now they're being forced to change. Yeah, the Blackhawks did their thing last week and it just kind of was out there, ho-hum, moved on. Well, I mean, whether, you know, whether they've fully had that stance 100% that same exact way, you'll never know. But the fact that you comprised a logical statement and had at least some logical backing behind it with some evidence – you can't really argue it, right? I mean, right. the Redskins are – yeah, the Redskins are just like, well, well, this has been our name for 100 years. It's just going to be our name. Well, right. well Black Hawks, too. I mean, uh, when, when you um, – now, I, I read this. I didn't actually see it in the dictionary. Uh, apparently, when you look up the definition of uh, Redskin, it is uh, a uh, – Slur. Yeah, it's a, it's a racial slur. <laughs> um, yeah. You, you can't say that uh, for the Blackhawks. Uh, I mean, you know, it's an actual name of a tribe. And um, uh, and like you said, uh, when they came out with their reasoning about it, um, yeah, I mean, I think it's when, when you – just when you look at the – well, the names, uh, I mean, the logos are, are pretty similar. But when you look at the name itself, if you're using a racial slur, uh, you know, you're starting, starting from behind the eight ball there – well, I think the Blackhawks were smart this week because even CNN bought it. So you go figure out that one. Um, you know, when they talked about the fact that the logo is based on an individual, not a race or a nation or anything else, there's actually a chief Blackhawk. I was just looking up to get the exact words. I didn't state it. Um, of the Illinois Sac and Fox Nation, whose leadership has inspired generations of Native Americans, uh, veterans in the public. So it's, I know they have a relationship. I, I read it when they first when they first issued it with the family of the, the guy that basically this is named after. So this isn't a, a general statement, Blackhawks or Blackhawk Nation or anything. This is named after one person. So I mean it can you know you know take you know anybody you know in history and stuff like that. And this is you know, this is who it you know, it is and stuff. So it's a it's an honorarium, not a uh, not saying that 30 guys on the bench are Blackhawks. They're, mm. they're honoring this one, this one individual. So it'll be an interesting stance. It's a different stance. Well, I think, I think it's over for them. There was no pushback there. It's done. You know, well, it seems like it was, like I said, if CNN buys it at that point. Well, that's, a th- like, that, that's what I mean with just having, again, whether from the beginning of time, it's always been this way or like they kind of, groomed a thought into like morphing into fitting this it doesn't matter it's the way you present it they presented it flawlessly and it there's nothing you can say you can't argue it if especially if you have acceptance from his family you know there's, well, there's never really been 
pushback. I mean, I, I, I don't ever recall any extended or real serious uh, pushback about the Blackhawks and their name. Well, if anything, there's been positives. There's two different things. And I don't know if anybody remembers Everett Santapas, but he was a hockey player, pretty talented young kid for a while. It came through here maybe 20 years ago, a little more than 20 years ago, was half Native American. And he, at the time, he had said he wanted to play for the Blackhawks no matter what. You know, he had he played the league a little bit. I think he had about 30 or 40 goals in his career. And I mean, nothing great. And you got Tutu that's out there now. You know, so you've got guys in the league that have bought in. And they did find the other half of that quote on the Blackhawks. So the the name came, when we go back to how far it goes back, Rick, and the name came uh, from the uh, from its first owner, Frederick McLaughlin, who was a commander in World War II, serving in the 86th Infantry Division, known as the Blackhawk Division, named after Chief Blackhawk. But anyway, so basically they've got this tied to 1926. So that's, that's wrapping it up pretty good. See, and that's, that's where I always thought I knew it came from was an honor to the military unit, the Blackhawks, because I think tech, I think if you go further into them, I think they were a lot of Chicago-based civilians in that unit. So, or Illinois-based maybe, if, yeah. if memory serves me right. So, you know, like I said, it's just it's just your perception that you can tie it together and have a – cohesive statement that actually looks well done means the world now we'll see where you know the indians go and now there's talk about even is the braves name right is the kansas city chiefs name right you know it's at some point hopefully it ends and hopefully those two have a uh, good good story behind them too or at least there's also pressure on the texas rangers is there i didn't hear that one you figure that yeah because they're based on an outfit of of, you know know, sheriffs and that type of stuff like that well yeah it's interesting times with sports sports names i know there's also some heat in canada about the uh, the Eskimos and the CFL, um, but Tutu actually they asked Jordan Tutu about that, and he kind of came out and said, you know, as long as they have no derogatory reasoning for using it. Back in the day, Tutu's quote was, you know, I'm paraphrasing here, but back in the day, he said we referred to ourselves as the Eskimos. Now we refer to ourselves as Inuits. But if they took it as a meaning of what we refer to ourselves as a form of like endearment with the Eskimos, then he has no problem with it. It doesn't bother him that they have the Eskimos name. Um, He said the only way it bothers me is if they did it in more of a tongue-in-cheek making fun of type Mm of – yeah, kind of a caricature. Uh, yeah, kind of like the Indians, but, mm-hmm. you know, so that's, that's not a bad segue into our, our next topic we'll talk about, which is some of the NHL playoffs. We're getting some more news about, about that coming out um, with schedules um, and just kind of, kind of some statements from the league. Um, one of the statements that the NHL came out with today was referring to them moving into phase three since today was day one of training camp. Um, and they kind of, you know, the NHL isn't being as transparent as the MLB cause they're not listing players names. Um, but they are being pretty transparent with their numbers. So since they joined phase two, which phase two was on July 1st when teams could, go into their old practice or into their team facilities and have small group practices. Um, They've constructed 4,934 tests. Um, 30 of them have come back positive, which is a 0.6%, not a, not 6%, 0.6. So 
that is a you know surprising number i guess you could say a little bit because it is very low um but it's also a good number because it means i mean it really means that the players took it serious and made sure they watched what they were doing and followed proper protocol before returning so it basically means they're not nba players yeah We'll get there. We'll get there. We'll get to uh, we'll get to karma when it comes to Rajon Rondo, um, and we'll we'll get to some of that. Um, but no, I mean it's a it's a great thing. Like I kind of said last week, I said it. I said all the NHL has to do is get to the bubble. They get to the bubble, they'll be great. Well, I think this is starting. They're getting to the bubble, just showing their tests are so low. You know, it's day one of training camp was today. They didn't say there was any more positive tests. Um, and they all have to be in their reported cities by uh, two Tuesdays from now. Did We're you see the to... news about Corey Crawford, though? I did. Just saw that come through. Yeah. No, what? Well, and, and you, you referenced the uh, NHL and, and teams aren't. Uh, they don't have to uh, say who's tested positive, but uh, the Sun-Times reported this afternoon that um, uh, Crawford, uh, I don't have the uh, term right in front of me, but uh, he's hes not there. And, and uh, they're not, based on the story, doesn't look like they're expecting him uh, to be back anytime soon. And um, they didn't uh, say that it was COVID-19, but, yeah, doesn't look like he's going to be around. Yeah, so it, the term was unfit to play. That's right. Yeah. So you know what unfit yeah. to play so means? For Crawford, that can mean a lot of things. Yeah. Well, that I thought that too. Yeah. When they use when in the NHL, because three players were qualified as unfit to play, it means they failed their physical more than not. Jeez. Oh, so I remember the first time I ever heard that was Keith Kachuk was deemed unfit to play, and he came in the camp sixty pounds overweight. <laughs> So <laughs> I wouldn't surprise me if it's wrong. That's that's what unfit to play usually means is at some point they failed their physical. So but but with him, it could be a yeah. fact that he failed his physical due to you know still the concussion thing. Yeah, a, yeah he made something. he didn't match up to his baseline testing from before the season with his concussion, you know, like that's it could be for him, yeah. you know. So um that's the best case scenario, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, not now that your goalie's uh, or I guess for him technically yes, but I think the best case would be that he was just overweight and he just looked the other way. Because who else are you gonna play, Malcolm Subban? Oh God, help us! Exactly. Uh, Crawford concussed might be even better. Impossible. But so, um, some of the players that have decided to opt out of uh, the NHL. You know, they're kind of in and out type of guys. Pittsburgh has a guy named Zach Troutman. Um, Vancouver has Sven Barsha. Boston has a Stephen Kempner. Dallas is Roman Polak. I think this one's funny. A guy named Carl Alsner of Montreal. Well, Carl Alsner of Montreal is getting paid about $7.5 million to play in the minor leagues. Montreal sent him, put him on waivers. Nobody picked him up, and he's playing in their uh, AHL team. So he doesn't matter. The only two notable guys is Edmonton's defenseman, Mike Green, and Calgary's defenseman, uh, Travis Hamanick. And Hamanick, a couple years ago, uh, he had – I forget exactly what. He had a health concern where he missed almost a year and a half of – play when he was in um, Long Island with the Islanders. So he has, he has some health concerns, which, you know, is a little bit, it makes it more understandable why you're not going to risk it. Mm-hmm. But again, it's, he's not a top four guy. He's a top six defenseman for him, but he's not a go-to guy for him. He's not Giordano or he's not, you know, Hannafin, those type of guys. So, There's no big names that have opted out, which is another good thing. Um, Today, today Austin Matthews also confirmed that he had 
Corona at one point, and he is feeling great. And he was on the ice today for Toronto. So that's also a good sign for the league to have one of its up-and-coming stars, you know, be ready to go for this showcase. Um, But the schedule itself is interesting, fun, and absolutely loaded with hockey. That's about all you can say. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, day one, you have five games, August 1st. The Hawks and Oilers is one of those games. There's going to be um, something to watch on TV. Oh, well, yeah. the, the proposed um, – the proposed – let me see here. The proposed times of games is another thing that is uh, – relatively great so here's kind of the proposed what they're thinking times all in eastern so 12 o'clock puck drop in toronto two o'clock in edmonton four o'clock back in toronto six o'clock in edmonton eight o'clock back in toronto and 10 o'clock in edmonton so we are going to have nonstop 12 <laughs> straight hours of hockey <laughs> meaningful hockey too. yes yeah. because nice. i mean Sleep is overrated. Because, yeah. I mean, realistically, even if we're talking about these round-robin games with the, the Blues, the Avs, the Stars, the Knights, the Flyers, Bruins, Capitals, and Lightning, they all still actually mean something. Guys aren't – they're, yeah. one, getting back into shape, but, two, they're also trying to set themselves up for the best possible road when it comes to playoffs because they get the number one seed in one through four. It's not just given – because the Blues finished number one in the West, that they're the number one seed. They yeah. do out and earn it. So, also looking to gain some momentum. Yeah, exactly. And but you don't you don't want to get stuck if you're the Blues. You don't want to get stuck in the uh, the area of having to play the eight nine seeds, which is Calgary and Winnipeg. You'd you know you'd rather play. I mean, it's Hawks and Edmonton, but you know. Well, if, if Crawford ain't played, you can pretty much write the Hawks out. I, I think the odds will change in Vegas. Yeah. yeah, a lot of people just lost a lot of money when they decided to go uh, all in on the Hawks at 500 to 1 a couple weeks I ago. I mean, yeah, could, could Crawford carry you for a couple of weeks? Yeah, he could. <laughs> yeah. But <Is> now. <laughs> long layoff, get, you know, get himself right. But now, now it now looks like we'll be sliding into that first uh, first overall pick at both points, right? So Man, it depends. If this logo – A blood alcohol level of like 1.5, probably bad. <laughs> so. If this logo right here gets knocked out by this logo right here, Lafiniere is a Canadian. Yeah. Los Levitons, <clears throat> where he'll be. There's, I just – I honestly think there's no way they – if they have an opportunity to put the, Montre- the next – French star in a French-speaking city, no matter how much it's going to destroy his career, they're going to they're gonna do it. Yeah. Hey, fans. I know you're listening. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast. We're available everywhere podcasts are found. So. I'll tell you the one thing I worry about, about players opting out and the NHL, again, and we've talked a little bit about maybe a little different breed of athlete in the NHL versus – Major League Baseball or the NFL or whatever, a little different mentality and just the way they approach things. But what bothers me is I keep reading articles. I pulled a couple here during the week and at other places where I, I think there's a certain percentage of higher level players and not opting out of their individual sports because they believe they truly believe that it's probably not going to go off anyway, and they don't look bad this way. So they yeah. kind of have like that that pocket I'm out of here. And I read a couple of those from some Cubs. Uh, in, in some of that. I read a couple from, uh, uh, God, I think it was the Dodgers uh, that were there. Were there you know, well, we, we, yeah, we still have a long way to go. And, you know, we, we have to make sure it's right when we get there. And, and of course, they were picking players whose uh, spouses may be expecting. Uh, those who had young kids, those that means all kinds of they were looking for the situations, and, and I do think you're going to see 
some drop out in each one of these sports. I think I think some of the sports are going to be much heavier than others. Uh, I think hockey may be the lightest of the team sports, uh, but I, I, I do think there's a few that are going to be last minute surprises. Yeah, I mean, I think when you're referencing the Cubs and the Dodgers, I I still believe that the MLB is the most unlikely to happen. It's just they're actually traveling city to city. They're they're just doing so much more. Well, there's so much more at a point right now to the whole CBA thing and all that. I mean, I you know, obviously one of the big articles here, and I and I pulled it was, um, you know, we we have it here. And basically, Bryant is dead serious about wanting to stay with the Cubs for the rest of his career. There's no two ways. All the different reporters have talked to him, and they talked to Rizzo, and they talked to everybody. But now the team is saying, you know what, if Castillo said, hey, I love that. It's a great, it's a great thing. It's a nice thing to have. And now ain't the time. You know, and so he said, there's, nobody can tell us what the baseball world's going to look like in a year, yeah. two years, three years. And so – you know, it could be a time where you might be able to get a guy like Bryant signed for what would seem like a great contract. But what if they don't play for two years? What if they don't play for you for whatever? Yeah. Do these teams have the money to put out there? I think baseball has has a much bigger overriding factor with the, the CBA and not knowing what the revenues are going to be. Uh, you know, that's there that some of the other, other clubs who – you know, there's caps, and you know, Lisa, the owners know exactly how much is going to be. You, uh, they're going to be out or not out and different things. Baseball is a wild card in that one. And I, you know, to, to not be able to jump on a Chris Bryant who, you know, come, basically comes out and says, hey, you know, make me an offer. And so that, that's, that hurts. What? And the Cub fan, I'll tell you, that hurts. And any other article I, I pulled, you have different things that are there. And this is the uh, to Matt on this one. I read through this article. Was that I wanted yeah. to know where Don Cooper is coming from because, I mean, to me, he's kind of a polarizing, uh, you know, character. I mean, he's had his fights with, you know, a number of pitchers on that team, that some of which aren't there anymore and stuff. So I, I, I thought this article, the headline with the way it was written, I thought was kind of crappy you know, towards, you know, towards Colpac. And so when you get into it, though, Cooper spends a lot of time talking about one of his pitchers' mental health. And that, to me, is frightening. <laughs> Why you would expose this young kid who's got all the potential to be a star out there. You know, and there are plenty of players in all the different leagues that have anxiety issues you know, and, and some of the other stuff. And very few have ever had to quit baseball. There's been a couple. You know, be, you know, that, you know, yeah, it happened. But you know, this this is a young kid who's yet to do anything in the major leagues, really. Even though it, it screams talent you know, that's here, and now you write a whole article on how you're you're worried about his ability to handle things and is he okay and stuff like that. And it's like, wow, I, I that was pretty crappy. First off, uh, yeah. you know, for what's that, that that should never have reached the newspapers. No. No, no, I think it came out real quick, too, because, you know, he was sitting for personal reasons, and then he opted out of the season, and within a few hours or a day, it was that was all over the, the media, you know. Right, and without, without the player and without the team officially uh, acknowledging what it is, and, yeah, that, um, yeah, I mean, because athletes are no different than the rest of uh, the world. I mean, he said it right in here, I know I've not talked to him. Then why would why would you go on this parade to do that? Tell you what, if I'm one of the other pitchers there and I've got some issue, whatever it happens to be, I'd be real concerned about this guy. <laughs> I mean, it's you know at, at that point I, I just thought I felt really bad for Kopech because you know his players all came out and supported him as they as they should have, yeah, right. and stuff like that. And, and he is one of the bigger name. You know, if you look at future stars. Yeah, you know, he's he's one of those probably top fifty in, in all of baseball. He might be less. He might be on a shorter list than that, quite frankly. Yeah, um, his shoulders healthy. Yeah, and then to basically be you know painted this picture of that 
you've got these other issues and now, you know, you know, today it's, it's, they kind of, you know, went into, you know, today it's, it's the, the, the COVID, you know, what if it's something else? What if it's this or that? And he doesn't talk to anybody and he's, he's wow. <laughs> so I almost, I almost looked at it from a HIPAA type thing. And yeah. Yeah, I wonder if there's some talk behind the scenes with that too, you know, that well, came out in Clinton without any sort of, you know, official statement from anybody. Could it have been a writer trying to beat everybody the punch and he twisted a conversation into fitting a narrative of well, in, what, in what's article, going on? In the, in the article, basically Cooper just goes on and on and on. I mean, it's, it isn't like he got a statement out of him and then pulled another one. He, he kept talking about it, and then he kept expanding on the statements. I mean, it's like, yeah, uh, you know, it's, it's weird. And, it, you know, and it's, you know, it, it is, you know, it, it is something, you know, when, when you worry about it, you, you look at somebody who's got a little bit of a history of that. Uh, so, I mean, there's a couple of guys that have left that town that would like to beat the crap out of this guy. Yeah. Uh, and, and the other thing they said is, Take a look at the White Sox farm system. They haven't produced a top pitcher in a long, long time. No. You know, and they've had some ta- – they've had uh, – I mean, Chris Sale. You know. Okay, Chris Sale and – Mark Burley's another one. With, but some of, these, you know, some of these guys came from other teams right at the end is what they're saying. They, they weren't the 16-year-old kid that came up through the system, if you will. Mm which is part of Cooper's system. He is polarizing. I, I know there's people that believe Don Cooper is one of the best, and there's other people that think he's way past his prime and he should just get the hell out of here and move on. And this might be a, a door wide open for them, because I, I have a feeling if they're going to stick with Don Cooper or uh, an up-and-coming star. As, well, what's interesting, unless you guys have come across uh, somewhere else, I don't think that story has, has run or aired anywhere else alluding to his uh, mental health issues and that tells you a lot i'm surprised that the sometimes editors uh, allowed that to go uh, well and the other thing they, they it came out when renteria was out of out of the country for a funeral right he wasn't even here to, to be able to answer i, I mean uh, joe McEwing, something for Patrick. i don't even know who joe McEwing is i live here you know yeah. but hey he was a man, former he was a former cardinal little I'm mac so you look at you, know, you look at the fact that he, you know, he's got to step in for the manager who's not even here when it's hit. That, that's kind of crappy. I think he's the third base coach, if I yeah, remember right. I he finished so. his career with the White Sox, and then he was a third base coach for the Mets and stuff. I think maybe even an inter- interim coach for the Mets for a little bit. Um, but yeah, that'll that'll swing us into the next topic we're going to talk about, which is the MLB opt outs. You know, we talked schedule last week. We've gotten a little more uh, information of some guys that have that are opting out now. The total list is uh, is up to ten. Um, and for baseball, there baseball is unlike hockey. Um, there are some pretty decent names. Obviously, we just talked about Kopech with the White Sox. You have Atlanta's Nick Markakis and Felix. Hernandez, um, Washington has three guys, and Joe Ross, Ryan Zimmerman, Wellington Castillo. We already talked about the Dodgers, David Price, Colorado's Ian Desmond. Um, San Francisco's Buster Posey is opting out, and news today here in St. Louis is Jordan Hicks is opting out. Jordan Hicks has diabetes, so – yeah, he's coming up, uh, sir. Tommy surgery, John, anyway, also, so, yeah, uh, yeah. So I probably, I know. think it's a, I think it's a, for him, I think it's an overall, not so much COVID as it is cramming all this in. How much is he going to be throwing coming off Tommy John more than anything? Yeah, for for sixty games, and yeah, you know, I mean, why why push it? Exactly, especially at twenty two years old, twenty one. Mm-hmm. You know, so yeah, and you got Trump still out there. Yeah. I doubt very highly Trout's playing. I think maybe some sponsorship dollars might get pulled and might sway him to play. Well, we'll see. He's been very vocal. Yeah, he has. Yeah, but I mean – That's day one, really. He was, he was really the first star 
to come out and say, uh-uh, this ain't right. At the same time, though, is could you not see the MLB tell him to get his name out there a little bit and just help push the narrative of following protocol, not so much not doing it, but just, hey, this is a serious matter. This is what we need to do. This is following our protocol. And it's not just for the game as it is. You know, his mom had a tweet where he was running the bases with a mask on, and she said, if Mike Trout can wear a mask running the bases, you can too. Like, it almost seems like it's this MLB, hey, let's use the face of our our league or who should be the face of our league to push this what we need to do as society. You know, they, they say, so you add the people opting out with those who are positive. Yeah. Which now includes uh, Chapman. Chapman. Yeah. Uh, among, you know, among others that are there. And I know if I read, if I read it right, they, they said the other day the Cubs are the last team to announce anybody has it. I'm not saying that they don't have anybody yet, but nobody's been, you know, pegged, if you will. Mm-hmm. That, that, that's there. So there, there's nobody obviously missing. Out, out of the stuff, out of the lineups and stuff, so it's it'd be a, it'd be a, a lower down guy if it was, but uh, at least now, or or it's Quintana. <laughs> so I was just reading some too that there have been some surprise positive tests from different clubs, and some of the teams like the Astros have been shutting down practice uh, a couple different times after inter squad games. Hey, you know, it's one of those you really question it, you know. These guys are playing with, I think they're kind of split squad right now, uh, and, and they're getting positive results, and then they have to shut down practice for a day or two until they can get test results back. What's going to happen when they actually start traveling and playing different cities? Mm-hmm. And, you know, games, multiple games per day, or multiple games in a row, you know, each day. I, you know, and then you got to, what happens if a player tests positive that played in the game the night before? Does everybody have to? lock it down for 48 hours until you get test results back. Yeah, what well, does make you wonder, I mean, so where did they get it in the last however many days? Um, yeah, which, uh, yeah, leads you to believe I just, I just think it's a, a matter of time, you know, especially, I mean, baseball, you're going to be playing every day, like you said, traveling from city to city. At least, at least they have the um, bubble option, you know, in uh, basketball and hockey to give yeah. them a little, little bit of help. Well, that's why I think the MLB is the least likely to happen. I think I think least likely to happen out of four major sports is MLB, NBA, NFL, and then the NHL. I think the NHL is most likely to happen just because one of the numbers they released today and two, the willingness of most NHL guys to – quote, do whatever it takes to win. And no other league has come out and said that if protocol isn't followed, your organization will be fined, you'll be fined, and your organization is going to lose draft picks. So the NHL is trying to make it as serious as possible, which which also helps. Yeah, I think if anybody goes, it's them. First off, they're starting the season with the playoffs, so they – you know, you're going to have half, you know, not quite half the teams gone in a week. You know, at that point, so now you've got a smaller base to worry about. I mean, it's, you know, it's uh, they set it up right. Uh, they set it up for success, if you will. Yeah, they sure did. And we'll we'll see if they they pull it off. What worries me about hockey players is kind of that mentality, though, is they better stick to the testing and stuff like this. You know, a lot of these. I mean. These are guys that take 21 stitches in, in between periods to come out and play, you know, and, and stuff. It's you're going to have guys try and play through stuff that maybe they shouldn't. So, well, much that's, more where so testing, that's where the testing comes in, though. I think because you can't uh, you can't hide from that. You can't you can't. I mean, if if you test positive, you test positive. You know. Yeah, they have to they they have to stick to you know really stick to the, the testing and not miss anybody and. And that type of stuff for their own sake is there are guys who will look to avoid it if they think they're positive. Well, there's I, no- I think well, I was going to say the one, the one, the one sport that I think is going to be challenging is going to be football. Um, 
just because, uh, and this will go for college or NFL, but, um, you know, you think about baseball, you got, uh, what, expanded rosters, what, 30, uh, hockey, 25 guys. Um, 27 um, can go, I think, is, is going to be um, allowed in the bubble. You know, football, I mean, you know, you're talking, you know, depending on how the, how the rosters shake out and everything, ballpark, 50 guys plus team personnel. I mean, you're probably pushing 80, 90, 100 people together every day boy boy that's uh that's got to be really really tough well yeah i mean the other thing to do with them is i mean i don't see how you can play uh, how you could possibly play the offensive and defensive line with any type of you know safety whatsoever it's impossible to do i mean i don't care what kind of mask you, you know you devise or you know, the helmets that have mass built in or whatever, it's it, it, you're going to have to just go with it and get hope you get lucky. And, you know, like you said, you, 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 the day, if it's Saturday night and somebody tests positive on the offensive line and they were just at practice or at dinner, you know, tomorrow what do you do? Mm-hmm. I don't you think the NFL is going to care. Yeah. Well, they may not. That's yeah. entirely possible. They're in, they're in money-making business, and I wouldn't even be surprised if they don't test. Well, I think for PR purposes, they'll have to test. Or um, will they just say they're testing? Yeah, That's I mean, my thing. You know, and, and somebody tests positive, so uh, as Matt was asking earlier, so what happens? Well, the guy who tests positive, he sits out, but everybody else who he came in contact with, oh, well, take your chances. You know, good luck. <laughs> see something like that. I, mean, I think they'll, they'll test, and I think they'll have some proof of it. I don't know they can kind of dust that under the rug and, and lie if, if that comes out, which it would come out really quickly. Yeah, but I think he's right. You know, that guy test positive. Okay, next, next man up. Everybody else that was around him, you know, we'll test you, but go out there and play. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. Yeah. I just think the NFL doesn't care. They may not, but I think college football, at least maybe a few exceptions. We'll get there. We'll get there. College is the next topic after we finish this MLB talk. Yeah, I think they. I think college actually does care, and that may drive the NFL. Except the SEC. We'll get there. We'll get there, guys. We'll get there. We'll get there. We'll get there. That's next. We're going to end with the NBA. Nothing matters out there. But, no, I mean, I think I think going back to when you said NHL guys are going to try to avoid it, I don't think there's going to be a possibility of them avoiding it. It's yeah, going to They be, have to keep them from doing it. You know, and, and I, well, those like – t- I mean, I, I've seen it. There's security guards and everything right around their entrance. They do it right away, and then they sit and wait before they get cleared. So – it's it's not even inside facilities. It's right outside, so there's no way there's they're doing it. They have one door, one in, one out. There's no way to uh, get around it. I think that that's exactly what it'll be when they get into the hub cities. And I think it's just because the NHL is just taking it so soon. The NHL cannot afford to lose this and next season. They have they have a TV deal up after next season they need as much I guess you want to say pull or sample size as possible to go in and be like look here you go here's our numbers they need as much as possible right now they can strike they can be the old you never know they might be the only real big team sport on tv and numbers could go through the roof and they can use those to try to get more sponsorships, you know, sponsor dollars, whatever. You look at that schedule you put up. I mean, I know myself, you know, I'd, I'd watch more than one game a day out of that. Oh, I'm, I mean, I work yeah. at a hockey rink, so that's going to be on TV all day, so it's going to be great. I'll yeah. be calling in sick. Don't tell Mary Ellen, Dave. Don't tell me. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> okay. We'll be at Miller's or somewhere watching hockey games. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I think I have COVID. Oh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> but, no, I mean – as far as the MLB with it, like, it just – it seems like there's such more of a stretch to make this actually work. Again, if they were going to say 
here's the way it's happening. These, even if they just picked a hub city for each division, so say, you know, all the all of the NL and AL Central went down to Houston or went down to St. Louis or up to Minnesota. They just picked a city, right? Every those two divisions, they play their schedule that way. Because I mean, let's be real. You in a couple of the places, you have enough pro slash minor league ballparks or college ballparks to have a professional feel stadium for cameras and everything like that. It's just making it work. The travel part is just what, what I think makes it almost impossible. You know, you have all these flights, you have all this different array of everything that's many variables. Yeah. Exactly. Variables. Mm-hmm. Yep. So here at sports matter, we're powered by MEPS place. The gathering place. So on that note about college sports, though. So the Ivy League last week canceled all fall sports. The Big Ten has come out and said they're only having conference for all fall. And the SEC is crickets. They still have not said. They said they're still waiting for results. And they're waiting for this. And they're waiting for that. And as a Mizzou Tigers fan that's part of the SEC – Fine by me. The more chance we have to play, the more we actually get to see Eli Drinkwitz, and he might not just disappear, and Mizzou might actually have something here. <laughs> and plus, he's got one of the best names in college football, Eli Drinkwitz. Yeah. That's the best thing Mizzou's got going for it. Uh, it is. It is. Conzo Con- and the basketball department are uh, – mm-hmm. yeah, they're, they're uh, not good. So we'll yeah. see. They're defending a line of Missouri. <laughs> That's no, but see, see, Brad Underwood actually had, you know, a decent season. Hanzo had an okay season because he hired somebody to have their kids come through the program. They, i.e., the Porter brothers. But you know, yeah. We we have a number for what it costs to get the number one recruit overall into an organization of basketball, and it was $568,000 because that's what Michael Porter Sr.'s contract is a year as an assistant coach for the Missouri Basketball Tigers. Wow. So there's your number. There's your number. I'm sure Duke pays a lot more than that, but, you know. Well, Mizzou, Mizzou got a lot out of that too, right? Yeah, a whole yeah. Uh, two point two and a half games. No, well, really healthy time of uh, two minutes and eighteen seconds in a career. At, yeah, because I'm exactly. sure he wasn't really. I mean, let's be real. He played in the conference term. He played in the in the NCAA where he played two games. Yeah, but, but I, he, I jumped. I could have jumped higher than he was jumping in those well, games. Then he sat out the entire rookie year of the NBA because of his back. Yeah. The same thing. So was he really healthy or was he just was he just saying he was healthy so he draft stock didn't fall too much and he didn't have to come yeah. back from Mizzou? You know. But he ready for that stand up organization known as the NBA. Yep. So <laughs> and, the new you know, face, uh, and the new face of the NBA, JJ Reddick. <laughs> What a moron! Shotgun and beers while he's chilling yeah. his life. Out of the out of the room at Disney World, he shotgun and beers, and you wonder why other players on teams say, "I don't trust my teammates to follow the rules." Gee, you think? <laughs> well, you know, idiot. some sometimes there is this thing called karma, and it did happen to uh, Raja and Rondo. He posted a couple videos trashing his hotel room at the Great Floridian which all of us Disney people know is, uh, you know, the creme de la creme of hotels in, uh, in Disney. And what happened second day of practice? Fractured his thumb and he's out for the season. Mm, sucks to suck, bud. Yeah, and people ask me, how could you not watch the NBA for seven years? Very easily. There's, uh, yeah. Very easily. There's example number one. I don't need to see either one of those two idiots. So, so well, I'll watch Rubens and Jordan and I'll be fine. So. 
And then, like, they all – again, people want to talk about all these players opting out in the NBA. I mean, Matt, you follow the NBA a lot more than me, but I'm looking at this list of players opting out, and I only see two names that I would say are big names in the NBA, and uh, DeAndre Jordan and Victor Olandipo. Um, I mean, you got guys – I don't know. Tell me, Wilson Chandler, Spencer Dinwiddie. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, they're pretty good. Thabo Sel Willie Carl Stein, this isn't college. He's not that good. Mm-hmm. Avery Bradley, and then a guy that I thought had retired in Trevor Ariza. Ariza. <laughs> but w- I don't get why they're listing him. They're saying he's opted out. Portland didn't make it, correct? No, they did not. So he's opting out on Portland. Well, Portland's not in, so why, why does it matter whether he's opting out? And, well, and the, the next guy on the list was DeMar, uh, DeMarco Cousins, and it's, he's a free agent. Why does it matter whether he's opting out? Nobody's picking him up and signing oh, up. I think, I think the Trailblazers actually are in. Are they? Yeah, I, just, I did see something with Carmelo Anthony shooting, so I think they, they are in. Okay. Well, and actually, the the free agents could come into play because, like the Nets, the Nets didn't the Nets have like six players who tested they had, positive. They have, and, well, they have three that are opting out. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Opting out or testing positive, and uh, so somehow, some way, uh, you know, if you you're, you're in that situation, you're gonna have to find somebody to fill the roster. I guess. Yeah. I guess they have so, the NBA has those seven day contracts, right? That are good all year. Doesn't matter when it happens. Just keep renewing them. Yeah. Yeah. So. But yeah, them in Chicago, they're nice and cheap. Yeah, so. Well, this year for the Nets was kind of a wash anyways. You know, with uh, Kyrie Irving being hurt for a while and then Kevin Durant sitting out. So Kevin Durant will be back next year. And uh, all of maybe, them, maybe, maybe, yeah, maybe. He's got contracts. Speaking of Brooklyn, apparently they're in on uh, there's reports that Popovich might be heading there. Oh, really? Jeez, man. I don't believe that. I, I mean, I guess, you know, the only thing he has to prove is to go win in another city to prove that he's as good as Phil, maybe. Mm-hmm. Or try to compete and put his name into that. Could he be as good as Phil? He's got five with one organization. But, you know, was that Tim Duncan? Was that David Robinson? Was that Tony Parker and Manu? Was that, you know, Kawhi? Or was it him? And let's be real, it's not like he's got a lot going on in San Antonio. He's got Dura- what is it, DeRozan or DeRozan and Demar DeRozan. That trade yeah. that whole Kawhi Leonard forcing the trade really screwed him back. Well, he's got him and he's got Aldrich. He's got nobody. Yeah, Aldrich is at the end of his career too. Exactly. So, you know, might as well move on and if yeah. Brooklyn's calling, why not go take a take a chance? Right, it's tough in San Antonio too, being a small market team like that. So, <clears throat> go somewhere in a bigger market where you got more uh, more dollars for advertising. And yeah, you, you fall in the lap of Kevin Durant, and uh, nobody really likes Kyrie Irving, though. But you know, he can play. So yeah, Possibly. if he's going to help you win, I think you'll like him during during the game. Yeah. Maybe not off the court, but. Speaking of some of the perks that the, ML, the NBA gets, they get extra magic hours to go ride rides at the parks. It's <laughs> one of their perks. So in my thinking is they're supposed to be in this bubble, right? Mm-hmm. But then you're going to let them into the parks that normal general public get to be in all day? Is it, though? Or is it, is it, is it just NBA? I doubt it's going to be a bunch of NBA players running around with common folk no but i mean during the day the regular common folk are in there and then they're going at at, at night mm. or they're not in the morning. bubble so what's, the, the, what's the deal yeah. with that no, exactly I, I, that's my point like so okay I nba think, yeah yeah i don't know <laughs> i mean if you, want, if you want a good follow you're on twitter go follow robin lopez because him, his brother, I think, has a house on Disney property in Golden, or Golden, Golden Oaks. They go to Disney all the time. They love it. 
So like all these other NBA players that are used to living in their multi-million dollar mansions and thinking that these rooms are kind of trash and the food they're eating isn't that good. These two guys are like in love with Disney World. So they're like, they're looking to trade. Like, if you don't like that room, I'll trade you. I'll go over there. I'm like, let's do this. This is great. Are they not both in there? Are they not both in right now? They're both in. Yeah, they're both playing for Milwaukee. That's what I thought. Okay. Yeah. 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 How long before we get our first picture of an NBA player rooting off a Splash Mountain next? I mean, what's coming next? I actually prefer them to be there at night in the extra magic hours and not with the public. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, but my point was just it's not so much a bubble if you're letting them do that type of stuff. Yeah, that's why it doesn't sound. I have to look into it a little more. I don't your bubble right now. It's not in Florida. Yeah, yeah. You don't want to be in Florida right now. Oh, it's better than Miami. Yeah, true. Uh, Let's see. I'm finding that article real quick. Matt, it's by one of our favorite bloggers for Disney. Which one is that? The Disney Food Blog. <laughs> <laughs> so if they put it up there, it's got to be real. Oh, God, yes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's got to be legit, man. It's yeah. not fake news. This is one of the, yeah, the most, the highest. He's uh, a real journalist. <laughs> That's a make believe guy there out there. <laughs> So I mean, I feel like it's ours just for the NBA players to go into the park. I, no, I I get that, but what I'm saying is it doesn't. I mean, if general public's in there at all, unless okay. you're completely bleaching everything, yeah, gotcha. a time or two before they <laughs> the NBA people go in there. Yeah, you're defeating the purpose of the bubble. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> It just shows you how difficult this is, you know? Well, it just shows you how – it shows you maybe you shouldn't have picked Disney. I mean, it was a, it's a great thought. Mm-hmm. Maybe you shouldn't have – maybe Edmonton is a great opportunity for the NHL. <laughs> There's absolutely nothing to do there. I mean, the NBA could have picked Tulsa, Oklahoma, or Oklahoma City, or the whole state of Oklahoma. Could you hear the whining that would be coming for those NBA players? Uh, well, about everything every day now, if you put them in Tulsa. Oklahoma City. Well, yeah, Tulsa. You know, I, remember, I remember when J.R. Smith went to the Cleveland and, you know, when, Le- when LeBron was there, and that, that worked out well for him. But it was, I think he was kind of a troubled guy. He's gotten a lot of issues off the court. And he was like, well, it's kind of good that I'm going to Cleveland. There's literally nothing else to do. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Focus on the game. So, you know, it would suck, but, uh, you know. I mean, the running joke is complaining, but but what, it's, what a horrible it's, life! It's yeah, a couple weeks to a month, you know, like suck it up, make your money, and move on. Exactly. Yeah, what a horrible life! Make eight or ten million dollars at FDR you know, and have to live with you know, Yeah. A while here and stuff. In it's Disney. Awful. It's awful. Yeah, right. I mean, it was. It's known as the Mickey Mouse League, so I guess it fits. There you go. Usually, usually that's known as the Mickey Mouse League because of the way they operate, not because they're in Mickey Mouse's backyard, mm. but. You know, it works. So, I don't know. It'll be, uh, it will be interesting here in about, I mean, two and a half weeks. Two weeks, two and a half weeks. Yeah, we'll have, uh, my gosh, we'll have more than enough to watch then. Jeez. What are we going to do? Go from literally nothing but guys' grocery games all the way to (laughs) all the sports you could ever watch. Yeah. It's going to be awesome. Right now, I'm watching uh, the MLS is playing on the soccer fields at Wide World of Sports. Yeah. Down there. Yeah, I, had so. on, I had them on last night, too. Watching some. Houston is uh, Houston's beating watch. LA 3 1. <laughs> but it's tough to watch soccer. Especially, I especially, I mean, the MLS is getting better, but especially low grade soccer like the MLS, it's tough to watch. Unless you have a sleeping disorder. Soccer is tough. I I tried. I mean, when Serge, when my youngest daughter was playing and stuff, I even became an assistant coach. I studied all the rules so I could try and help. And then I was falling asleep like in the van while you were watching. Uh, 
It just just isn't that. I try every uh, time the U.S. is in the World Cup. See the world, the World Cup. I'm fine. I can get up. I can watch. Like I don't know, World Cup and Olympics. I'm good. Yeah, yeah. But after that, just no, just like watching paint dry. The last women's World Cup. I thought that was like so exciting. I don't know. I loved that. It was it was a lot of fun to watch. Well, it was. I was watching something so. It was uh, nine years ago today. I don't know if anybody remembers the Abby Wambach headers against Brazil and France that were like games tied in like the 95th minute of stoppage time and there's a cross and she scores a goal. Well, it was nine years ago today that she did it against France to send the U.S. to the World Cup final, which they then lost in penalty kicks to Japan in Germany which is kind of a weird full circle yeah. <laughs> ironicness of, of history. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, like when it comes, whether it's women's, men's, doesn't matter. When it's Team USA soccer, like I'm, I can get up for it. I'm, I'm pumped. I'm into it. I'm almost like playoff hockey. Like it's not as back and forth, but – you know, when you're watching soccer, it seems like the buildup of every rush is like, oh, they can score, they can score, they can score, and then you know, so it's that same type. Two of, hours goes by, nobody scores. Yeah, so, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but it's and, a, then it's, left, and then you're left to wonder, you know, uh, with the extra time, you know, uh, which, how many you know, it's like, one? how much time is there? Just tell me how much time there is. You just never know, you know. Oh, they put up the four, and then all of a sudden it says. You know, they play 90, so then it's up to 97. You're like, wait, it said four minutes of extra time. What is going on? And then it just keeps going, and you're just, you know, and you have no idea. And then finally the ref, you know, it's like, geez. Is there any other sport like that? Because <laughs> we've tried a couple of times, and we'd be down at Quigley's, the Irish restaurant downtown, and they have the Irish soccer. Everybody's in here trying to get into it. It's the same thing. You know, there's two minutes left. Oh, there's three more minutes. Left. Oh, there's another two and a half left. The only guy that knows how much time's left is a guy in the middle of the field that's using the stopwatch. Yeah. But <laughs> all right, I think we can. We'll wrap this one up. We'll have a. I mean, it's not too short, but it's a little short. We're all right. So. Yep. Um, it's not my USA stuff written, so whatever that comes. Yeah, well, that's I'm okay. The game. Depending on, I have a gut feeling this might be a slow week because everything's in, everything's back in. I mean, we'll have some talking points, but there's no like. I don't think there's going to be big breaking news or a lot of breaking news, so maybe this this week we'll go with our. Uh, since we talked U.S. soccer, anyways. Yeah, there you go. At the end of it, we'll we'll toss in our our uh, top American moments in in sports. Obviously, minus like we said, minus the uh, miracle, the miracle. Well, at, least on have, ice. at least we have them ready and stuff. Like that. And we'll see yeah. what surprises is in the world of sports. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you, you just you don't know. I mean, I, I keep expecting one day to wake up though and have. Somebody announced that, that football's been postponed and stuff. I, I, it's just I, I can't see how it could be done. And there's a guy that's on the air here, um, and sometimes he irritates me, but he, he's really knowledgeable. And that's Hub Arkish. Yeah. And and he you know he runs Pro Football Weekly and stuff like that on top of his sports stuff that he does here. And he, this is a real knowledgeable guy. Whether he, he you know he can take stances sometimes that piss you off or whatever, but he really knows the game, and he he's been on every week saying, "I'm I'm the guy that's the glasses always half full." Everything that you know, I just don't see how they could possibly play right now. Mm-hmm. You know, and this is a guy whose livelihood, Pro Football Weekly, depends on them playing. Yeah. So there was I, another thing that came out too. That I think it was a, it was not named who was who said it, but it was basically saying that it's, it's there's really no shot that there's going to be any college football this year. I, yeah, I just can't imagine that. I, I think everybody's just waiting to, um, I mean, you, you don't necessarily have to do it right now, but a couple of weeks, I bet you one of the power five conferences says, 
Sorry, can't do it. Yeah, it'll be the Pac-12 first. Yeah. I see, I think that's what the – I think the SEC is waiting for it to be like a – well, everybody else. There's three of the five of us that have said this, so I guess we're, we'll just, quote, follow suit. I don't mm-hmm. – if nobody yeah, else does it, that. no. The SEC is going to kick and scream while doing it, but they're going to have to get drugged through to do it, which, again, I'm fine with because we're part of the SEC, so we can have college football. but alright guys we'll wrap this one up um, and we'll talk next week sounds good everybody have a good week Thank you for listening to the Sports Divided Podcast. Don't forget to like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter and Instagram. 